When Amy Berman of New York City was diagnosed with stage four inflammatory breast cancer, she learned that only a small percentage of people with her diagnosis survived to five years. That was five and a half years ago, and Amy is still here. In fact, she's as active and as fulfilled as she's ever been. This is a story about making difficult but informed decisions. This is a story about finding happiness during the hardest times imaginable. This is Amy's palliative care story. Amy Berman is a baccalaureate prepared nurse and senior program officer at the John A. Hartford Foundation. A lover of travel, adventure, and fun moments at home with family, Amy lives an active and fulfilling life. That's her today, but our story actually begins back when she was in college. See, at the time, she was a portrait artist and was attending art school with the goal of one day teaching. That was until a significant life event set her on a very different career path. Over the course of my being in art school, my grandmother, who had dementia, came to live with us. She was no longer able to be on her own. And as her care needs increased, um, I, I became just really driven to trying to find ways to provide her with the right kinds of care. And I switched majors, so I, I became interested in healthcare instead of art. So art became my fun, and um, figuring out ways to care for people like my grandmother became my life's work. So with the desire to get started on this new path, Amy began working in a nursing home as a director of admissions, where she'd screen people who were coming into the home and would then match them with the kind of care they needed. It became very clear to me very early that a lot of the care that was being delivered wasn't, it really wasn't everything that it needed to be. And so I started really getting engaged in what kind of care was being delivered. So even at an early point in her career, Amy was already interested in patient-centered care, which meant putting the patient's needs first. Her career evolved from there. And eventually, Amy became the Nursing Education Initiatives Director at the Hartford Institute for Geriatric Nursing at New York University's College of Nursing. The work was in keeping with her mission to help others receive the best care possible. I got to work with leading experts in the field of geriatrics, care of older adults. My professional life, I'm, I'm deeply knowledgeable about that kind of expert care things that are important um, to helping people live a good life in, in the face of illness. After devoting her career to the care of others, in October 2010, Amy's own health took an alarming turn when she noticed a red spot on her right breast. She immediately went to her doctor. And just on sight alone, given the appearance of this red spot, Amy's medical team was concerned that it was breast cancer. They then took a full scan, which confirmed the cancer and its stage. When they did the scan, they found out that it was in my lower spine, which really meant that the cancer is floating in my body. It just happens to be attracted to the bones in the lower spine. But it's stage four. It's floating freely in my body, and, um, you know, it's not going to be cured. It, it, you know, the cat is out of the bag. And it was a really hard thing to hear. It was, it was, it was a devastating thing to hear, and it was surprising because I still felt great. I mean, I really didn't feel bad. I didn't feel like, you know, like I've got terminal cancer. You know, I would have, 
if I had to put, you know, a penny down as a bet, I would have completely gone all in that I had caught it at the earliest point. I never would have guessed that it was stage four. If you or a loved one has received a diagnosis of any kind, the first thing you might have done was go look at the odds for survival. For Amy's diagnosis of inflammatory breast cancer, a rare disease, the numbers told her that only 11 to 20% of people with her condition survive five years. Given this news, Amy knew she had some really tough choices to make. The reality was I had cancer, and the cancer was floating around in my body. And the question was, what was I going to do about it? Amy spoke closely with her family before making her decision. She weighed the pros and cons of going with aggressive treatment versus simply managing the pain and symptoms that would inevitably come with the disease itself. If I wasn't going to be cured of the cancer, how was I going to live the best possible life? That's the way that I was thinking about it. Given that the cancer was terminal, Amy started to approach her decision from all angles. The first thing she did was talk to her oncologist about options. And this is an important thing to note. Amy, knowing what she had learned through all of her medical experience, knew to ask for every possible course of action before making her decision. You know, we were thinking that if it was caught early, that I would do aggressive treatment, that I would, you know, have a mastectomy and have um, radiation and chemotherapy. But if it was stage four, that I would try to hold on to my quality of life. I would try to feel as well as possible for as long as possible and take only medications that would have the least amount of side effects. Like most of us do, Amy also entertained other opinions from medical specialists to make sure she was hearing from all sides. There was another doctor who wanted to do everything, who wanted to go full bore, throw everything at the cancer, and it wouldn't have done anything good for me. It just would have made me feel exhausted and tired. I would have been recovering from surgery and everything else. And likely, I would have been back in the hospital a couple of times. So I'm, I'm so thankful that they had that kind of an honest dialogue about, you know, trying to support my goals, trying to support me having a good life. Amy's oncologist was working closely with a palliative care team and was trained in palliative care skills. Now, palliative care is specialized medical care for people with serious illness. It focuses on providing relief from the symptoms and stress of a serious illness. The goal is to improve quality of life for both patient and the family. When someone has palliative care training, one of the most important things that they do for you is they try to figure out what's important to you. And based on where you are in your health and what you're trying to accomplish, They try to make sure that the care fits that. And that is one of the greatest blessings um, that the extra layer of palliative care support provides to people who are going through this. So when we say that palliative care puts the patient at the center of their care, it means that care options are recommended by specialists. But inevitably, it's up to the patient and the family to choose the ultimate course of action. The team advised me on this, but they advised me on this after they asked me what I wanted. And I told them that I wanted the Niagara Falls trajectory. I said, I want to feel good, good, good and drop off the cliff. And and they understood, you know, maximize my great time and then try to compress the difficult time. While this decision felt right for Amy, it's important to note that this particular course of action may not meet your goals or your loved one's goals when they're faced with pivotal questions. It simply lined up with Amy's specific needs. 
That's what palliative care is all about. I think it's important for um, people to know that there is no wrong decision, only an informed decision. You know, so people don't necessarily have the information to participate in making decisions about their own care and treatment. Palliative care does an excellent job of helping people have these very real conversations about, you know, the, the trajectory of their, their own health disease and being able to make decisions so that they, you know, they get to choose. It's not that there's a right or wrong decision, but if people aren't participating in these conversations and decisions around their own health, they're going to be guaranteed only to get the care and treatment that somebody else thinks they should get. When the cancer, which had spread to Amy's lower back, began to cause her discomfort, she turned to a palliative care team to help her manage the pain. Because I saw palliative care, they said you can um, have a little bit of radiation, not, not the really intense version of radiation, but a little bit of radiation that will get rid of that pain. And not only did they tell me how I could go about getting rid of the pain, but they talked to me about taking things like Miralax so I wouldn't get constipated if I needed to take a pain medication and what kind of pain medication I might want to have on hand in case I get something called a pain flare. You know, sometimes after you get radiation, you get this really intense pain right after the radiation. Well, I never got a pain flare. I still haven't taken the the pain medication ever. I'm five and a half years in. I do have the Miralax. It was standing by and ready in case I needed it. But they, they prepared me. You know, unfortunately, I didn't need any of those things. I did need to have the radiation. And the radiation worked like a light switch. It just shut off the pain, and the next day I was on an Amtrak down to Washington, D.C., feeling great. Amy says just having a plan in place and talking about potential challenges with her palliative care team made a huge difference. Having that, that prescription, and I've never taken one of the pills. I would take it if I needed it. But having it there, it means that when I go and I travel for work or I go and have fun with my daughter and travel with her, if something goes wrong, I'm prepared. It makes me feel so much better just knowing I have a plan in place. I'm telling you, I feel so well supported, and I don't think that most people get that kind of support. Serious illness can also take an emotional toll on the patients and their loved ones. How can it not? Palliative care does um, also address the, the spiritual and emotional issues. So there's social work, there's chaplain, um, chaplaincy as part of the team. So, you know, it, it does wrap around and care about all of the aspects of serious illness. And, and even planning, you know, having having an advanced directive or, you know, planning for conversations with your family. Even with her prior medical knowledge, working with a palliative care team firsthand was eye-opening for Amy, as she saw all the different facets that come with a comprehensive team dedicated to caring for the whole person. It's an abstraction for a lot of people. Palliative care, there are some people who hear it and they think that means giving up care. And the reality is palliative care has been my best friend. I mean, I live, I breathe, I get to do really wonderful things because of palliative care. There's no giving up. I mean, I'm, I'm five and a half years into stage four cancer, 
And what palliative care gives to me is the ability to feel well and to fully live my life in the face of serious illness. Some people get palliative care and they're going through curative treatment and it just helps them get through the curative treatment. But for most people, palliative care is all of the care starting from the time of that serious diagnosis to help them hopefully get past the disease or live with the disease, chronic disease. Palliative care works closely with primary care physicians and other specialists. At times, palliative care specialists can be heavily involved in all aspects of care. In Amy's case, she has felt well enough to avoid a lot of doctor's visits. There's a range of services that I could have received, and depending upon what my needs were, I would get different kinds of services. The things that I needed, you know, were the things that they addressed, which for me was absolutely fine, but I know about the full range of services. I mean, I know all of the other things are available to me. And in time, I may need some of those other services as well. For now, I'm getting the things that I need. I mean, that, that's the whole idea of, you know, making sure that it's the right care for you. So five and a half years since her diagnosis, how is Amy doing today? You know, I get to do lots of fun stuff. I look and feel well. I'm physically active. I work full time. I have a smile on my face all the time. You know, people aren't, they don't necessarily know that, but that's the reality. I get to just live life like anybody else. All of the good, bad, messy moments, I just get to enjoy it. More messy moments. Amy elaborates on what this means to her. Yep, give me more messy moments. That's what I want. I'm hoping to bake chocolate chip cookies with uh, one of my coworkers' kids this weekend. Give me just a couple of more fun, messy moments. That's all I ask for. Always an avid traveler, Amy's disease hasn't kept her from her worldwide adventures either. Since I've been diagnosed, I think the first time I was planning a vacation, I was a little hesitant, not knowing whether I was going to live so long or feel well when the vacation hit. That's five and a half years ago. I've gone on so many great things. So I, I climbed the Great Wall a number of times. Um, my daughter convinced me that we should go jet skiing from Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, to the Statue of Liberty. That was a great one. <laughs> that was just great. I rode I rode a camel in the Jordanian Desert. That was that was terrific. Yeah, I, I I'm telling you, I live a very very full and happy life. There's no shortage of excitement for me. In addition to traveling, Amy also still works full time at the John A. Hartford Foundation. Though her illness has given her some deeper perspectives into patient issues, she says it hasn't changed the way she approaches the work she's been driven to do ever since her grandmother was ill. I don't think it really has changed me professionally. Uh, you know, this is the kind of work that I have always supported. The only change has been, because I'm experiencing it, I feel that it is, it's also an opportunity for me to step up and speak as a recipient of the care to really make sure that people fully understand. So, you know, maybe before I would view myself as being a number two to the field, supporting the field of palliative care, but because I can describe, you know, what this help looks like and feels like, that it is the best friend to the seriously ill, that I get to live well because of it. Um, I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure to share that so that people have a real understanding of how wonderful this kind of 
um, support this set of services can be um, for people who are seriously ill. For Amy, finding full support through palliative care has made a huge difference in her quality of life. Being seriously ill is a terrible thing, but if you can imagine living well in the face of serious illness, that's such a, a special thing. And, you know, I've had benefit of palliative care to help me do just that. I mean, I'm living the life I want to live. And it, it's a long time since my diagnosis. I wasn't expecting to be around at this point, which is really such a low bar, you know, to say, I just want to be here. And I could have been here and felt miserable. But here I am five and a half years in, and I, I don't feel miserable. I feel great, and I still actively go and do, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to put air in my tires this weekend because I'm ready to take the bike out. You know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a grand life. And I, it would not have been had I not had access to palliative care. So for anybody who doesn't understand what it is, it's not about giving up. It's about adding something that's very, very special and dear to people who are seriously ill. For more information on how palliative care can help you or a loved one, visit getpalliativecare.org.